January 6th did not begin on January 6th and it did not end on January 6th. I hope these hearings really help people understand all the choices before January 6th by people in positions of great power that were motivated by one goal and one goal only, which was to subvert our democratic process and overturn an election. This is Sarah Stewart-Holland. And this is Beth Silvers. Thank you for joining us for Pantsuit Politics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pantsuit Politics, a special episode. Because we are recording together in person from my hometown of Paducah, Kentucky, Our children are in camp together this week, so we have full, uninterrupted work days. We're in a recording studio. We're in an office. Beth, it's like you see on TV. It feels so good. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for hosting us. You're welcome. We were greeted with welcome signs, with Mm -hmm. chocolates on our pillows. The Mm -hmm. Hollands know how to host a party. Yeah, we really, we took it very seriously. And by we, I mean me and Felix. So today, today we are talking about the five things you need to know about the January 6th hearings, which begin this Thursday, June 9th. The January 6th hearings are probably one of the most significant political events in our lifetimes. The first and last hearings will be held during prime time. We will obviously be watching every moment and talking about it on the show. We know this will both be hard and also that it is important. So we wanted to prepare you with today's episode. We also want to offer up the opportunity to watch the first primetime hearing along with us. The link to join us on Hot Mic is in the show notes. We will be there mainly as your emotional support podcasters. Right, Beth? We're not going to talk the whole time. We'll talk some, but we're not going to be. We also need to pay attention. I have been working really hard with my parent coach on this principle. My presence is enough. Mm -hmm. We're going to be trying to do some of that. Just we're here together. And together, as we've been discussing lately, is what we have Mm -hmm. to get through difficult things. But we are going to pay attention. We will react. I imagine that many of our reactions will be not suitable for work. No, mine won't be. I will definitely be cursing. So don't listen with little ears if you're listening with us. And I will say, I'm not going to have my little ears involved with these hearings. Sarah and I do not protect our kids from hard things. And we will talk about these hearings with our kids. I have no doubt. But we're not going to have them watch it. We're going to protect them from hard images and hard video. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot in these hearings that's very, very disturbing and that really is adults doing the business of taking care of our country. Mm -hmm. So we'll be together to do that. We really hope that you'll join us. We love the community that forms around these events. So check that link in the show notes. And we hope to see you on June 9th together to take in the first primetime hearing. Up next, let's talk about the five things you need to know in preparation for the hearings. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. 
The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Okay, first things first, let's talk about the committee itself. It is officially known as the Select Committee to Investigate the January 6th Attack on the U.S. Capitol. And the formation of this committee was very, very fraught. So after January 6th, I feel like, you know, there was unanimous, or as close as you get in America, um, agreement that there needed to be some sort of investigation. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like we all agreed like, well, we need to ask some questions? I do. I feel like that's where the agreement ended, unfortunately. So we had leaders of the House Homeland Security Committee originally propose an independent commission that was modeled on the panel that investigated the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So it would have been equally bipartisan members chosen by each party. Or it could have been people not currently in Congress. Right. But they still would have like had their their pick of the the half of the committee members. I don't remember the arguments from coming from House Republicans and Senate Republicans who blocked this proposal. They thought it would be just a political pursuit. But I don't know why they thought a select committee wouldn't. I think they thought if it's a select committee, we'll just reject it totally and completely as a political pursuit. But I do not think that has worked out the way they thought it would. I don't think so either. I remember at some point, Speaker Pelosi still wanted to have a Democratic majority on whatever Mm -hmm. body would investigate this. And Republicans thought that was unacceptable. 
I think we're doing a little bit with 9-11 what we do with World War II. That is our framework for incredibly hard things. And so we lean on it all the time. January 6th was never going to be like 9-11 because members of Congress were not at the Twin Towers and they were not at the Pentagon. Mm. Uh, They were not in the field where Flight 93 landed. Members of Congress were always going to be witnesses to this. Members of Congress before January 6th were already troubled by each other's behavior leading up to this date. This event is about Congress. So Congress investigating itself plus the White House is just different than 9-11. Now, you could argue that that difference means that an independent commission is even even more more suitable. Right. But that's not what has happened. And so because we could not get bipartisan agreement on that commission, the speaker moved ahead with a select committee, gave Republicans the opportunity to appoint membership to that committee, vetoed two of the members that Kevin McCarthy had appointed. And because of that, he said, well, Republicans are out. And so two Republicans are serving on this committee at the invitation of the speaker, Representative Liz Cheney and Representative Adam Kinzinger. And can I have a soapbox moment, Mm -hmm. please? This is still a bipartisan committee. I hate the idea that this committee is only really Democrats, Mm -hmm. when you have these two extremely conservative members of Congress serving on it. This committee is made up of people who believe that investigating January 6th is important, but it is still a bipartisan committee. I wonder if they thought it would be easier to do what they've done, which is just completely ignore subpoenas from a select committee versus an independent commission. Maybe that was the the theory, because that's certainly the strategy. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But Let's talk about, as we're talking about the committee, let's talk about the members. So the chair is Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi. Now, he had worked on that original legislation attempting to create an independent bipartisan commission to investigate January 6th. And so now he is the chair of this committee, the ranking majority member. And then the membership is Representative Elaine Luria of Virginia. Now, she is the longest serving active duty member in the caucus. And I think that is... Really key, really important. Clearly, Nancy Pelosi believed it it to be so. And I just think having an active duty member who has an oath beyond their oath of Congress to really defend the country, I think that's really, really important. An insight on tactical issues. Mm -hmm. Where was the National Guard? What happened when they arrived? You know, I think her insight has probably been invaluable here. We also have Representative Stephanie Murphy from Florida, an interesting choice. She is not going to run again because she feels like the Democratic caucus has kind of hung her out to dry as a moderate in terms of fundraising, in terms of the votes that she's been forced to take. Because she flipped a seat from red to blue. She did. And she's in a district where that was hard to do and getting Mm -hmm. reelected was going to be hard. And she feels like she has not gotten any support in that regard. So here you have another independent spirited person on the committee. We also have Representative Pete Aguilar from California. And then then we have sort of the impeachment team is kind of how I think about them. You have Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland. He really, you know, rose to national media attention because his son had sadly died by suicide a few days before January 6th. He was there with his daughter and son-in-law during the attacks and then left led that second impeachment prosecution against former President Trump. Then you have Representative Adam Schiff of California 
who led the first impeachment <laughs> against former President Donald Trump, as well as Representative Zoe Lofgren of California, who, you know, participated in the Watergate hearings and also served on the first impeachment team. So those are names we all recognize. This all starts coming back for, for another trip through this, you know, insane moment in American history. And then, of course, the only Republicans who vote for the committee and the only minority members are Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Representatives Cheney and Kinzinger have paid pretty big political prices for being involved in this. They've been censured by the Republican National Committee. Just think about that for a second. Participating in an investigation about January 6th has led to censure from the Republican National Committee. Representative Cheney is down big time in Wyoming in a primary to win back her seat. Kinzinger is not running again more because of partisan gerrymandering in Illinois than because of serving on this commission. But he also is launching a pack to try to do some of that. Let's let's figure out who to be that doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump. I can imagine that both of them receive some pretty scary phone calls and messages and feel that their families are often in jeopardy. And so it's a big deal that these two are willing to do this. And that's why, again, I just get so mad with the notion that like they aren't real Republicans. Mm -hmm. They are not Trump loyalists. They are very conservative. They are certainly not Democrats. Uh, And we'll get into the fact that this committee is not in lockstep about what all this information should mean, because there is some serious ideological disagreement here. And I don't want that to get lost in the coverage about Kevin McCarthy opting out of appointing members to this committee. The second thing we want you to know is that we're going to be watching the culmination of months of work. You know, often when we watch hearings, it feels like we're sort of learning as they learn, although often there's still work behind the scenes on the committee's behalf. But that's really not true here. This has been a massive undertaking, so big that they actually divided it up into teams. They have interviewed more than 300 witnesses. They have issued more than 50 subpoenas. They have gone through over 35,000 pages of records and receiving hundreds and hundreds of telephone tips. So you might be thinking, why do I need to watch hearings about this? I saw what happened with my eyes on television Mm. as it unfolded. And I think that describing the breakdown of these teams helps us understand that, as Representative Cheney has been saying, it wasn't just an attack. It was a conspiracy. Yes. As we were preparing for this episode, I said, what what are we calling this? Where are we at? Are we is it an attack? Is it an insurrection? Is it a coup? And then we read an article where Liz Cheney described it as a conspiracy. And I said, I'm I'm willing to follow her linguistic lead. If she says it's a conspiracy, that is the word we will use. Filings, um, you well, do you believe at, it was a conspiracy? I do. It is extremely broad, it's extremely well organized, it's um, really chilling. So five teams focus on different aspects of the conspiracy. One team is the inside the fence team. They are talking about what did federal and local law enforcement know? When did they know it? And what did they do with that information? They had a second team called the follow the money team. And they are examining the funding for the demonstration against the election results, the stop the steal rally that happened right before the attack on the Capitol. Another team is investigating online misinformation and extremist activity. And I just want to have a moment for the staffers of that team because I cannot even imagine what they've been exposed to. And fourth is looking at the campaign inside Washington and in state capitals to exert pressure on our election processes to try to overturn election results or delay the certification of electors. And then the fifth team is focused 
on who organized the demonstrations that day on the National Mall and at the Capitol. As they've moved through all this information, as we've talked about, they've issued many subpoenas. And for the most part, the Trump camp, in in varying degrees, have just said, no, don't want to, not going to. And we're sort of seeing that uh, that process begin to play out. Peter Navarro, a former top advisor to former President Donald Trump, was arrested at the Nashville airport. Did you know that's where he got arrested? I did. On Friday, with the contempt of Congress for re- completely refusing to cooperate with the select committee. And it's because the select committee issued these contempt of Congresses, and then it's up to the DOJ to follow through with these charges. And so far, they have charged Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon, who both completely refuse to participate. Steve Bannon is going to go to trial this summer. The two other former associates that have not been charged are Mark Meadows and Dan Scavino. And, and some of the reporting I read said, well, because they participated some, like we all we all saw those Mark Meadows call logs and text messages, um, looking at you, Jenny Thomas, that because they, they handed over some information, it would be hard to charge them and have the charges stick. So as you think about what we might see this week, understand the most key witnesses are probably going to be names that you don't know mm-hmm. because they worked under the names mm-hmm. that you do know and the names that you do know have mostly refused to cooperate. I think Peter Navarro gave us a very clean summary of why that is when he was arrested. And he said, how could this be? I was a distinguished public servant just months ago. Well, in America, mm-hmm. you are not royalty. Yep. You are a distinguished public servant unless and until you've been voted out of office and then we transition power. And then if you violate the rule of law, you're going to be held accountable as an ordinary citizen would be. That's our goal anyway. That's our aspiration. And uh, the fact that that came as a surprise to Peter Navarro, I think tells you a lot about the mindset of this Mm -hmm. administration and how they operated. And we won't even get into poor Louis Louis Gomer Gomer and his, you can't even lie to Congress anymore without people knocking on your door. What a world. What a world. The committee has also asked to speak with members of Congress. Oh, yeah. And they have refused, including Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy. He will not talk to this committee. Many folks have invoked their Fifth Amendment rights against (sighs) self-incrimination to every question posed to them. But we do have people who've cooperated and you are going to hear from them. And they have a lot to say. The people whose names you don't know know a lot. They know all the things. And some names you do know. I mean, Ivanka participated, yes. She did, her, and Jared Kushner they participated. They showed up, they answered some questions. William Barr, apparently, the former okay. attorney general, spent some time with the committee. So we'll see who we hear from. But just be prepared for some of the most compelling testimony to come from people you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And those are the people who are in it every day doing the work. I thought this quote from Zoe Lofgren summed up the conspiracy angle. In an interview with The Guardian, She would not get into the details of the investigation, but The Guardian said, are you surprised by how broad and deep the plot to overturn the 2020 election was? And she said, the short answer is yes. Oof. How do you surprise somebody like her? She's been around a long time. There's a lot of surprising stuff that went down in Watergate. So if you're still managed to be surprised, ooh, boy. All right, next up, we'll talk about the third thing you need to know in preparation for the hearings. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. 
Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college, y'all. He's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are going to last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love, though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors, and I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick-dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick-dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish-gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. The third thing you need to know is that this is going to be different than anything we've seen before because we are so used to having hearings where the time is divided between the minority and the majority. There's ample opportunity for the the narrative, the momentum to be derailed by minority members. I do not anticipate that happening this time. I don't think I fully appreciated to this point what the effect is going to be of not having that tennis tennis match vibe. 
Because even when you're trying to confirm a Supreme Court justice, it feels like you're in two different hearings, right? Mm -hmm. With Ketanji Brown-Jackson, when she was going through her confirmation process, you had Democrats asking questions to build her up. Here are her excellent credentials and the scholarship she's going to bring in the historic nature of her nomination. And then here comes Tom Cotton to talk about issues that are, you know, deep in her past record of sentencing defendants, if I put it generously. That was very generous. Back and forth, back and forth. Often in hearings, you'll have the majority party focused on the substance and the minority party arguing about the procedure. Back and forth, back and forth. Here, again, we have bipartisan membership of this committee and significant ideological diversity on the committee. And yet, they have worked together as one team Mm -hmm. focused on a goal. And their goal is to tell the American people what happened on and around January 6th. And without that membership from the minority who is there just to be at odds with that goal, which is what we see in most hearings, we're going to have a much more highly produced and coherent narrative coming through these hearings. It will not be a circus. And that's new. I mean, I feel like you shouldn't have said that out loud. I still feel like it might not be a circus, but it is America. I hope you didn't curse it by just offering that up out loud. Well, what I will say is the media coverage of it will be a circus because Republicans are booking out cable news shows to argue against what's happening. Please understand and please tell your friends and family. Republicans are choosing to combat this information in forums where no one's under oath. Mm. Republicans are choosing to combat this in forums that are friendly to them, where they cannot seriously be challenged on their facts and pressed on their arguments. And the committee, which includes both Democrats and Republicans, is doing this in a forum where the obligations that they owe to the institution of Congress itself and to the American people are on display uh, in a very serious way. Nothing is on trial here. These are hearings, not mm-hmm. a trial. Mm-hmm. This is not about accountability. This is about truth-telling. And that's important. We are a democratic republic, and it is the democracy piece of that that was uniquely threatened by January 6th. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who believes that we are, first and foremost, a Republican who doesn't want their vote to count. Right who wants a state legislature to be able to come in and change the will of the populace if they feel like it or if the populace voted for the wrong party. I, too, believe we are a democratic republic. And and let me be transparent. So I can get my shorts in a wad when people say things like that to me. I can feel myself getting really reactive, like, I went to law school. I study Supreme Court decisions as part of my job. Surely you don't think that you know more about our government than I do. And I want to reveal that because it helps me remember, you know, Beth, that's the more republic side of this argument. The idea that you need elites with expertise Mm -hmm. to control things. And we are a democracy in that we want everybody to participate and we want the will of the people to be there expressing its support for the highest level positions that we have. And so I think just talking that through with our friends and loved ones is a good way to show them that you've thought deeply about this and we're not just going to bicker over whether what we're calling ourselves. And either way, imagine not wanting to know the truth of what happened here. Imagine not wanting to know how it came to be that people breached the Capitol, that the police became the enemy of people who spent 
the previous summer telling us to back the blue and talking mm-hmm. about the thin blue line. Like we need to understand what happened here robustly for both the healthy democracy to perpetuate and for our republic to continue in a stable way. And that really leads to the fourth thing we want you to know as we prepare for these hearings, that January 6th did not begin on January 6th and it did not end on January 6th. You know, a minute ago you said it's hard because we all watched it. I just go with me here. I promise this is relevant to January 6th. I just finished Chuck Klosterman's book, The 90s. It's incredible. He's a fantastic writer. And a point he makes over and over again is in the 90s, there were so many shared television experiences, right? We watched OJ drive the car. We watched the trial. Um, we watched Rodney King's beating. We watched the riots. We, we, there was a shared experience, and it really messes with you. You think, I saw it. I understand it. When that is not true. That is not true. And it really short circuits sometimes in a harmful way our understanding of what happened because we think we saw it we saw everything but we didn't and so I think the first thing that that's got me thinking about is I hope these hearings really help people understand all the choices before January 6th by people in positions of great power that were motivated by one goal And one goal only, which was to subvert our democratic process and overturn an election. And that cannot be emphasized enough. (laughs) It just can't be emphasized enough. So, like you said, the events began before January 6th. And just because we watched many of them play out on our television screens, we do not have all the information. We do not understand completely in any way, shape, or form, really. Look, This committee probably still doesn't understand completely because records were destroyed. People are refusing to answer questions and some people are lying. And the person, you know, at the top of this and at the center of this has not testified before the committee. And that is the former president. And so I just think like the importance of that cannot be underestimated that there was so much that happened leading up to that day. And the violent attack on the Capitol was the combination of illegal acts, treasonous acts, (laughs) conspiratorial acts. And I think that's the, I think you're right. I think that we have to learn as best we can and understand as best we can what happened leading up to January 6th. I love that you started with the 90s because we're sitting here in 2022 when now there are tons of documentaries trying to help us understand what happened in the 90s that we all missed because you know we thought we understood it because we watched right exactly and i want to say this about donald trump i got an email this morning with the subject line trump is on trial this week he's decidedly not this week is not a trial of donald trump it is not a trial of anyone and i think setting that expectation is really important but also even though he is the central character in all of this, and I do think the reason for being, I do not think without Donald Trump, this would have happened. Right. Also, I've read many of the indictments and criminal complaints against folks who've been tried following January 6th or charged following January 6th. There is no way that Donald Trump had any sense of the full scope Mm -hmm. of what was being planned and how it would be executed. He doesn't have all the answers about January 6th either. January 6th was so big and so complex 
and a result of so many factors colliding at one time that no single person can tell this story alone. And that's why it needs to be investigated and aired out this way. And this hearing won't be the definitive writing of it because it will take years to piece all of this together. So just getting to the day is really hard. Then understanding that the day is still ongoing Mm -hmm. because we have so many people openly running for secretary of state in states across the country declaring that they would have changed the certification Mm. of these votes. We have so many people running for governor and for state legislative seats and for county election boards and seeking to be appointed to positions saying, I would have flipped this. I would have done it. Mm. And so whether Donald Trump ever runs for office again or not is kind of irrelevant to me in figuring out what happened here and telling that story and making sure that enough Americans are following that story as coherently and completely as we can to get what's on the line when we vote for those positions. Okay, we're going to take another small break, and then we're going to tackle the last thing we want you to know about the January 6th hearings. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. 
Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. The last thing we want you to know is that we know it's hard. But this is so, so important. And it is important because of exactly what Beth just articulated. It's not over. It's not over. We don't know what happens next. We don't even know what the committee is going to do next, and they don't either. Yep. There's a lot of reporting this week that Representative Raskin is in this committee pounding the table about significant legal changes to how we vote. Mm. He wants to put on the table abolishing the Electoral College. He wants to talk again about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, about H.R. 1, about all of these protections around voting. And then you have Liz Cheney saying, I am happy to talk about the Electoral Count Act. I am not interested in abolishing the Electoral College. So there's disagreement within this body itself about what Congress's next steps ought to be. And that's just Congress. Yeah. There are state legislative proposals out there to be discussed and had. There are procedures within local jurisdictions about how we vote that people are going to continue to think about on the other side of this. And then there is like midterm elections and the overall cultural impact of these hearings. It isn't predetermined. And so showing up matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, you know, for myself, I need to give myself a little pep talk here that no matter how shocking the revelations during this hearing, there are some people whose minds will not change. They will not change about Donald Trump. They will not change about the 2020 election. They will not change about the events on January 6th. But that's not our marker for success or impact, is that everyone in America has the scales fall from their eyes and they can see the reality of what happened. That's not it. We cannot hold ourselves to that standard. I think it is important to remember that many, many Americans will watch. Many, many Americans might have their minds changed. Many, many Americans might think differently about their representatives or the electoral process. And that'll be enough. Like shifting the debate, having an impact on independent voters or, you know, sort of voters on the margins, that that will that will work. That will be enough. Changes to the electoral Count Act would be phenomenal. I would take that. And so just, you know, the only marker for success in determining how important these events are and how important truth-telling about these events are cannot be, you know, earth-changing, foundation-shifting changes. Like, cannot hold ourselves to that standard because we will be 
disappointed, we'll be more skeptical, we'll be more disempowered. And that is not what our democracy needs right now. Similarly, I just want to gently say, because I know that a lot of you are feeling this way. Criminal accountability is also not the only marker of success. I think we have people out there. I know we have people out there who feel that Donald Trump ought to be in handcuffs Mm -hmm. at the end of all of this, along with a lot of other people. I have no idea what the Department of Justice is going to do with this information. And I think those are extremely fragile and complicated judgment calls to make. And I can make reasonable arguments on Mm -hmm. both sides of that question. This committee has said over and over, the Department of Justice is independent of us. We are Congress. We investigate to decide what needs to happen next legislatively and to tell the country the truth about this. But the Department of Justice has to make those decisions on their own. And I want to say this as gently as I can, but I'm still going to say it in a provocative way. Believing that criminal accountability is the only acceptable outcome here is a little bit of an authoritarian mindset. Mm. Authoritarian governments use the power of the law in every scenario to get some kind of just outcome. We do it way too often in this country, I think, already. And doing it politically takes us even further down a path that's scary. I'm not saying no one should be charged here. I'm not even saying Donald Trump shouldn't be charged here. I don't know if he should or he shouldn't sitting here today. But what I do know is that we don't have to bat a thousand on outcomes for this to have been meaningful. And we specifically don't have to bat a thousand on criminal outcomes. You know, I got to tell you, as we sit here and we mark the 50th anniversary for Watergate, I would give anything to, you know, share a glass of wine with Zoe Lofgren and ask her what she thinks. Like, is that where we took a, a path? Like, we took a break in the path. We chose a fork in the road, right, with Watergate and decided the people at the top should not be held criminally liable. Like, there's a sliding door in America, I think, where we we chose a path. And there is a part of me that wonders, is that how we got here? Is that why people think that members of Congress and members of the political elite are never really held responsible under the rule of law? Is this a moment where we can claw some of that back and say, no, it doesn't matter who you are. If you manipulate the instruments of power for your own corrupt desires or to maintain that power, you will be be held responsible. Um, And not just by being kicked out of office. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that's I think that's something we all just are going to have to think about and think about and watch because there are other people that will be making very difficult um, calculuses with regards to that. I also just don't want to go into these hearings with a defeatist mindset. As you said, lots of people are going to be exposed to information they haven't been exposed to before. Mm -hmm. And really positive things can come from that. I called these hearings on Instagram a stress test. And what I want to say is like, the heart's still beating here. Yeah. We did transition power successfully yep. following January 6th. Congress went back into session and they did it. And the person that the the popular vote and the electoral college voted for is the president now. And we are having these hearings. We have a committee who is issuing subpoenas. There are people who are co- cooperating and complying and these stories are going to be told. And all of that's really significant. I don't want to take that for granted. That doesn't happen in every or even most of the world's countries. That's a big deal. So we're getting through this. At the same time, you have a stress test and you keep monitoring things when there is still something precarious happening in the body. And I think that's a useful way to think about this. We need to figure out 
We need more information so that we can really diagnose what happened here, all of the aspects of it, and then figure out what our versions of diet, exercise, medication are going to be to keep us healthy as a country. And so I view this as a really positive thing that's about to happen and a thing that's scary and a thing that's stressful and a thing that could uncover things that we don't want to uncover and that could require things of us that we would rather not do. But we're doing it and, and good for us. And so let's do it together and not walk in with like, well, it's never going to matter. Uh, that mindset doesn't help us at all. And, and I think we'll, we'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy if too many of us assume it. So we hope you'll join us. The first primetime hearing takes place on June 9th. There will be daytime hearings on June 13th, June 15th, June 16th, June 21st, and then the conclusion again during primetime on June 23rd. That primetime hearing will be broadcast live by ABC, CBS, and C-SPAN. So you'll be able to see it. And then we'll be posting on Instagram and sharing in our newsletter and on Twitter where you can watch these hearings and our takeaways after the hearings in between podcast episodes. After we posted on Instagram about watching the January 6th hearings, our listener Katie shared this caption that we just wanted to say thank you for and share with all of you. She said, y'all have made me care more about politics than I ever thought I would. Your podcast is created in a way that is incredibly digestible for individuals like me who really struggle to understand politics. Thank you for the work that you do. I am very much looking forward to hearing lots about January 6th after reading this caption. And we hope that you will all bring that spirit and join us. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Pantsu Politics. We will be back in your ears on Friday, but the episode will probably come later in the day as we will be recording on Friday morning after the the primetime hearings on Thursday night. So thank you to everybody. Thank you especially to our team for rolling with us with all these changes in schedules. And until Friday, keep a nuance, y'all. Pantsuit Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our managing director. Maggie Penton is our community engagement manager. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers. Martha Brunitsky. Linda Daniel. Allie Edwards. Janice Elliott. Sarah Greenup. Julie Haller. Helen Handley. Tiffany Hassler. Emily Holliday. Katie Johnson. Katina Zuganellis-Kasling. Barry Kaufman. Molly Kors. The Creeps! Lori Ladau. Lily McClure. Emily Neasley. The Pettins! Tawny Peterson. Tracy Putoff. Sarah Ralph. Jeremy Sequoia. Katie Steigers. Karen True. Annika Uveline. Nick and Elisa Valelli. Catherine Vollmer. Amy Whited. Jeff Davis. Melinda Johnston. Ashley Thompson. Michelle Wood. Joshua Allen. Morgan McHugh. Nicole Berkless, Paula Bremer, and Tim Miller. As we talked about, one more time, <clears throat> as they move this, have they, um, let me can just, <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet. <laughs> <laughs>